Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Chapter 4, and we will be in verse 1 as we continue our thoughts on the will of God. The will of God. Now, you might think that is a little strange that the title of the message is The Will of God, and yet I'm preaching on abstaining from sexual immorality. But the Bible tells us that is the will of God. It is the will of God that we abstain from sexual immorality. Now, last time I shared this with you, and I'll just remind you again, that sometimes the Bible is like a bad dose of medicine. It smells bad. It tastes bad. It's hard to swallow, but you know you need to take that medicine in order to get better. And so it is with the Word of God. There are some passages in the Bible that just don't taste good. They're not fun scriptures. Uh, They're not exciting and thrilling to read. But we need them. We need them in order to get well, and we need them in order to stay healthy. And so... uh, that's one of the, uh, this passage today is one of those passages. Now, I do want to preface my remarks by saying, not everything I say today will apply to everybody here, but everything I say today will apply to somebody here. You pray for me uh, as I read this scripture and strive and seek to deliver God's word for you today. First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel, in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, He who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Now, in this passage of Scripture, we are told that it is the will of God for us to be sanctified, and it actually specifies the kind of sanctification the Bible is talking about, and that is that we abstain from sexual immorality. And in the text, we're given three reasons why we as Christians, born again, saved Christians, why we as Christians should stay away from sexual sin. 
The first one I gave you last week. God is the punisher of those who commit sexual sin. We found out in verse 6 that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother, and some translations say brother and sister in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. That word avenger in the Greek means God is the one who is the punisher. It means the one who executes the penalty. The Bible has some real strong language that it uses in almost every one of these situations that Tim mentioned to you earlier. When it comes to sexual immorality and how God responds to that among his people. Here's another passage of scripture. Ephesians 5, 5 through 7. For this you know that no fornicator, the word is pornei, it is a reference to all manner of sexual sin, that no fornicator has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And it says, let no one deceive you with empty words. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by a modern philosophy. Don't be deceived by doctrine that goes against what God's word says. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things. Now listen. The wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. What should be our response to that? Verse 7. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. We are to stay away from sexual sin. Now, I mentioned this last week in closing. This is kind of where we left off. And that is that if there is sexual sin in your life in any way, form, or fashion, God would much rather forgive you than punish you. It is His will for you to be sanctified. It is His will for you to be cleansed and purified. It is His will for you to walk with Him. And He provided the sacrifice on Calvary's cross for your cleansing. So you could walk out of whatever impurity you're in and walk in holiness with Him. But make no mistake about it this morning. If you refuse to come out of sexual sin, God is the avenger and His wrath will come. We have to understand that God's Word says what it means and it means what it says. And all the modern philosophy we can come up with today will not change. Thus saith the Lord. I want to read this next part because I don't want to take a chance of messing it up. God, and, and I really felt like of everything that I've prepared in all these messages, this was the word of the Lord. God is no respecter of persons. There are no privileged characters. There are no special circumstances that can ever make sexual sin acceptable. God has a holy standard, and He will not change it for you. There is no such thing as a special case. None. The enemy lies to people all the time to try to get them to understand that they're in a unique, special situation 
And God does not look upon their situation like He does everybody else's. Oh, friends, that's not true. A few years back, there was a member of our church who decided to move in with somebody that they were not married to and lived together as husband and wife. I don't always do this, but the Spirit of the Lord really dealt with my heart. I confronted the member of this church. I said, you cannot do that. That goes against God's Word. That is wrong. That's sexual immorality. And a member of this church, and if you want to know why I'm being so hard on this subject, is because I don't ever want this to happen again. But a member of this church said to me, in the deepest sincerity, Pastor, it is okay. I prayed about it, and God told me it was okay for us to live together. Now friends, that's a devil's lie. God will never contradict Himself. He'll never contradict His Word. That is deception. And I want you to know that we need hard preaching. We need tough medicine, if you please, from the pulpit again in our day and time so it won't be so easy for the enemy to lie to those who are in the household of faith. Not so. Not the case. The first reason for us as Christians staying away from sexual sin, is because God is the punisher. God is the avenger. Now, the second reason is this, and it's found right in our text. God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Verse 7 gives it to us. In fact, I'd like for you to read this one with me right out loud, everybody. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Every now and then somebody will say, I just don't understand the Bible. It's too complicated, friend. Anybody can understand that? If you're a child of God, He didn't call you to uncleanness. He called you in holiness. And holiness means no sexual sin. You can't be holy and have sexual sin in your life. It just won't work. Listen to Ephesians 5.3 in the NIV. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. You see, friends, sexual sin goes against the calling of God for us. It goes against the whole purpose of salvation that God called us to set us aside to be a peculiar and an unusual people for His honor and glory. Sexual sin goes against that. It's not a part of God's plan for our lives. It's, it, it messes up the will of God for our lives. Now, the first reason to stay away from sexual sin is this, the judgment of God. Paul says, stay away from it, the judgment of God. And, and I have to tell you, that's reason enough, isn't it? We should tremble. We should tremble at the thought of God's correction, God's chastisement, God's punishment, God's judgment upon us. We should tremble at that. So the first reason is the judgment of God. But I have to tell you, that's a little bit negative. 
The second reason for staying away from sexual sin is a little more positive. You want to stay away from sexual sin, not just because God is the judge, but you want to stay away from sexual sin because it interferes with this holy calling that God has on our lives. God's up to something good. He's up to something beautiful. He's up to something wonderful. God wants to do something that will cause us, our lives, our families, our fellowships, our church to shine in the darkness. And it just messes all that up. You see, friends, the wonderful, glorious plan of God for your life, my life, your family, our family, gets all messed up when sexual immorality comes in. You see, if you're saved, God has called you. There's a calling on your life. If you're a child of God and you're saved, God has a will for your life. If you're saved, you should be claiming the promises of God's Word and you should be using the power that comes through an obedient life. And sexual sin just messes all of that up. Now, so what should we do? What should you do? Maybe you're sitting out there and you've identified some area of your life where you've made some little concessions or little compromises <clears throat> and maybe you're thinking, what should you do? Well, it's very simple, friends. Clean your act up. Just clean it up. Start getting things in order. Do whatever you have to do. Straighten your act up. Let, let me give you some biblical terminology. Cleanse your self. One more time. Cleanse your self. Now, somebody will want to say to me before you leave here today, Pastor, I'm all confused. I thought it was Jesus who cleanses us. I thought it was the blood of the Lamb that makes us clean, white as snow, that makes us new creatures in Christ with old things passed away. Behold, all things becoming new. You're absolutely right. Good theology. But it does not change the fact that the Bible tells us we have to cleanse ourselves. Once you have come through the blood into the covenant family of faith, and you are a part of the, of the Christian family. You have a responsibility to cleanse yourself. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. So you'll see this, 2 Corinthians 7.1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us, say those two words with me, cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness... In the fear of God. That's pretty clear, isn't it? You want another one just to make sure that wasn't just a mess up with the translations? 2 Timothy 2.21 Therefore, if anyone, say those two words with me, cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. It's pretty clear, isn't it? All oh, friends, there's nothing you can do with the sins you've committed except get them under the blood. Amen. To repent and to trust a merciful, gracious Savior to wipe away your sin debt. That's the only thing we can do. But I'm telling you, when you get right there, you can't just stay there. You have to get busy about cleansing yourself from anything and everything that is impure. So when it comes to the will of God, the question is not this. Remember, that's what we're talking about. The question is not, what is the will of God for my life? 
In fact, I really do. I, there's sometimes I want... It is the number one question among Christians. What is the will of God for my life? That's the number one question that Christians have. And I want to tell Christians everywhere, stop asking that question. Stop asking the question, what is the will of God for my life? It's the wrong question. The right question is this. Am I ready for the will of God? Am I ready for what God wants me to do? Because i got to tell you, friends, if you will get everything that you've ever done in your past under the blood, and you'll get busy about cleansing yourself and becoming an honorable vessel that God can use, if you'll do that, you couldn't stop the will of God in your life. It will come to pass. So, so what you have to do is stop asking, what's the will of God for my life? And start asking this question, am I ready for it? Have I cleansed myself? Am I a vessel that's fit and ready and prepared for the will of God? That's, that's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. Now, I hope you're asking this question right now because I really want this to be a real how-to message. So, Pastor, how do I do it? How do I cleanse myself? How do I cleanse myself spiritually? Well, friends, you cleanse yourself spiritually the same way you cleanse yourself physically. You bathe. You take a bath. You understand when you get dirty physically, and I hope you did bathe. We've got a crowd here today. I hope you're not sitting by somebody who is wishing that you had bathed. When... When, when we get dirty, when we get sand and dirt and grease and grime and sweat and, and our physical bodies are dirty, what do we do? We bathe. And why do we bathe? Excuse me for being so elementary. But we bathe for the purpose of separating our physical bodies from that which is unclean. Are you with me? We, whatever it takes to get the things that are unclean off of us and away from us, that's what we do to get clean, right? And sometimes just average everyday washing will work. Sometimes average everyday washing won't work. I spent much of my life as a plumber with, well, I won't tell you with what, <laughs> on my hands. I heard somebody say, if you ever see a man biting his fingernails, you know he's not a plumber. <laughs> but sometimes natural washing won't do. I'd get glue, plumber's glue and dye and all this stuff, other stuff on my hands. And you go home and friends, I, ha I have a wire brush. Maybe it's not wire, maybe it's plastic. But anyway, it's a real hard bristle butt brush. And man, I scrub my hands. Sometimes it goes beyond normal washing. You do whatever it takes to separate your body from that which is not clean so that the end result is your body is clean. Are you with me? So that's how you take a spiritual bath. You cleanse yourself by doing whatever it takes to separate from you those things which are not clean. You get rid of those things. And, and, and sometimes that's just easy. It's just 
a natural part of your life as a Christian, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes you have to scrub. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes you have to pay special attention. But you have to get those things off of you. You take a spiritual bath the same way you take a physical bath. So what does it look like? What does a spiritual bath look like? Just some ideas for you. You could go home today and take a spiritual bath. You might start by cleaning up your television set. Hello. And I'm not talking about giving your television set a bath. Clean up what comes through that television. You might go home and clean up your radio. You might go home and clean up your books. Thank you, brother. You might go home and clean up your internet. You might clean up Facebook. Now, we're talking about a spiritual bath now, right? Anything that's on you, that's unclean, needs to be separated from you so that you can be clean spiritually. You might go home and clean up your language. You might need to go home and clean up your relationships. And i got to throw this last one in because somebody has already just told me you got to throw this one in. You might want to go home and clean up your wardrobe. A holy groan comes from the congregation. Uh, The list could go on, but my point is, when you and I get serious about serving the Lord our God, and when we begin to understand that He's called us out of uncleanness, and He's called us in holiness, by the way, you are saved in holiness. It's not some far out objective thing that you've got to reach. You were saved in holiness. The moment you got saved, you got saved in holiness. You were born in holiness. You were birthed in holiness. When you got in His presence, you were in the presence of holiness. You were not saved to live unclean lives. You and I were saved in holiness. To be in His holy presence. That's what we were, that's what we were saved for. Oh, friends. What if you got up? And went to work tomorrow. And there was some guy on the job, maybe in the office or wherever you work. I don't think it would matter. And you walk up to him and you start talking to him. And immediately when you start talking to him, you notice that there is just a dirty, filthy spot right there on his face. I mean, it just jumps out at you. I mean, you can't even hardly look at him. You're embarrassed for the guy because obviously somehow he's gotten something on his face and it's just nasty. And, and you bite the bullet. You know, sometimes you want to just turn and run. I mean, surely you've had to tell somebody at some time, hey, wipe your mouth or wipe your nose or, you know, you got, you got something in your teeth. And so so you, you want to do the right thing. So here's what you do. 
is you say to this guy, you say, hey man, I, I am so sorry, but you just got a real bad smudge, a dirty spot right there on your face. Just thought you might want to know that. And what if this guy says to you, I know. I know it's there. I saw it this morning when I looked in the mirror. I know it's there. And you're confused. And so you don't want to be in this conversation, but you are. And so you say, well, if you saw it, why didn't you bathe? And he says to you, he says, you know, I did bathe. But I didn't bathe everywhere. I'm just not a fanatic about bathing. In fact, this isn't the only dirty spot. I've got two or three more dirty spots <laughs> on my body. And I'm just not, I'm not one of those fanatics when it comes to being clean. I, I know some people are, but I'm just not. It's just not that big a deal with me. In fact, I just want to reassure you that I'm 90% clean. And I feel real good about being 90% clean. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel real... I'm going to go over here for a while. I just feel real good about being 90% clean. And I know, I know you meant well. And I know it's bothering you just a little bit. But don't you worry about me a bit in the world because I'm just not a fanatic about being 100% clean. I'm real happy with myself. I'm real satisfied with myself because I'm 90% clean. I'm good. Don't you worry about it a bit in the world. And when you walk away from that person, you're going to be thinking, he needs help. He's got some real serious issues. Child of God, you listen to me. If you think 90% clean is good enough with God, you need some help. You have some issues. You have been deceived by the enemy. I wrote this out, and in fear that I would not communicate it properly, I want to read it to you. We have overlooked and ignored dozens of scriptures like these, the two I shared with you about cleansing ourselves and about the call out of uncleanness and into holiness. We have overlooked and ignored dozens of scriptures like these in order to live mediocre, powerless, and even sinful Christian lives. We no longer feel any responsibility to live separated and holy under the Lord. We have twisted and perverted Scripture to the point that grace, which was freely given so we could get out of sin, is now used to justify living in sin. And the average church preacher, teacher, songwriter in America has so distorted grace to the point that there is no fear of God. There is no fear of going too deep in sin. There is no fear of staying in sin. And there is no fear of hell itself. Child of God, there is a holy, 
beautiful, wonderful, glorious, miraculous way to live in the beauty of holiness. And it is there you will find the will of God for your life. But in order to do so, you'll have to turn away from the perverted grace teaching of our day and understand that our God is a holy God and He has called us out of uncleanness to live clean, holy lives with Him and in His presence. A week or so back, I got up in the morning. It was before daylight. I stumbled all the way to the kitchen with my eyes about half open. I have a little routine I do every morning. I go to get my coffee. Then I grab my iPad and I read and pray. And That morning, I went to the cabinet and I reached up in the cabinet and I grabbed a cup. My eyes were barely open. And almost put coffee in that cup. And then I noticed there was this dirty, filthy ring right there. We've been having trouble with our dishwasher at the house. Do you ever have something slip through the dishwasher? Just didn't get clean like it was supposed to? And man, this was a... Uh, this was a... Uh, it was nasty. It's about that wide. All the way around, you could drag your finger through it, and it was just crud. It was nasty. By the way, so that you'll know, the cup was 90% clean. <laughs> but that other 10% was nasty. Just saying. Won't you understand that? And I almost put coffee in it before I caught it. And then I thought, I was almost nauseated. I thought, oh my goodness, I almost put coffee in that. I almost used that. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, use it. Use that cup. I want you to use that cup. I want you to put coffee in it and drink. And I'm standing there in the kitchen... No, no, no. And then the Spirit of the Lord said to me, that's what you want me to do. You want me to use you when you're not clean. Wow. I did a lot of repenting that day. I, actually, I'd been repenting for about three weeks at that point. I'd repented of everything I could think to repent of. And I thought, uh-oh, there's something wrong here. There's, there's some more garbage down in here. And, and, and so that day I started repenting again. I got to tell you, this is off subject, but you need to hear this anyway. I said, Lord, I've repented of everything. I honestly, Lord, I can't think of one thing I need to repent of. And if I'm standing before you today, a man walked up to me and this is what he said. He said, I have a word for you. God wants me to give you a word. That, that always makes me a little bit nervous. Doesn't it make you a little bit nervous? Yeah, why didn't you speak to me, Lord? Why didn't you speak to him? Why? I mean, I thought I was listening. I have a word for you, and this is what he said to me. He said, look for the pride. I said, that's it? He said, yeah, the Holy Spirit said, look for the pride. I'm not sure what that means to you, but 
The Holy Spirit told me to tell you, look for the pride. And friends, I started looking for the pride, and I found some nasty, ugly stuff in my life. And I'm still repenting. But the point I'm trying to make to you is this, and that is if we want God to use us, if we want to be in the will of God, if we want to fulfill His purpose, we have to cleanse ourselves. Repent of every known sin that you've ever committed today. If it's not already under the blood, repent of it. But I'm telling you, friends, don't stop there. Go ahead and cleanse yourself until you are a vessel ready for His service. Uh, back during the Brownsville revival, and I made many, many trips to Brownsville. It's one of the highlights of my Christian life and changed my life forever. But at the Brownsville revival, by the way, show of hands, how many of you ever attended one service at the Brownsville revival? You're going to know what I'm talking about. When the invitation would be given, Steve Hill would say something like this. And he didn't say it the same way every time, but he would say something like this. He would say, we want to pray for you today and we want to lay hands on you. But he said, he would say, and this isn't verbatim, but it's real close. He would say, but if you're not ready to get sin out of your life, don't you come forward for prayer. And then he made a statement. The first time I heard him make this statement, I cringed. I'd never heard anybody make such a statement. He said, I don't want you to come forward unless you mean business. And then he said, because I don't want to lay my holy hands on your unholy head if you're not ready to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Made his point. I don't want to pray for you. I don't want to lay hands on you if you're playing games with God. If your only reason for coming forward is to have a spiritual experience, that's not good enough. If you're ready to get sin out of your life and live for Him, then you come forward and I'll lay my holy hands on you and God will do a work. And you know the amazing thing about it is? Hundreds would come forward for prayer. Do you know why? Because the world as a whole is sick of this pitiful, cotton candy, feel-good preaching and teaching that's going on in the world. Somebody, everybody is waiting for somebody to tell them the truth. And they were telling the truth over there. And people would flop down and get paid for it. Now, so I, I thought about this. I believe with all my heart, and I don't think I'm getting too far out on faith here, but I believe with all of my heart that river of life is ready. Ready to stop playing games with God. Ready to stop going through the motions. Ready to take it to a new level. I believe river of life as a whole, as a family. I know I am as a pastor. I know our staff is. I know our board is. I know our leadership I think we are ready, ready to see what God can do. I think we're ready, don't you? Are you ready? Are you hungry to see what God can do? Understand this. There's no bypassing this. This is a prerequisite. For God has called us out of uncleanness and in holiness. And if we understand that, and we're ready to get clean, God will use us. And I believe some special things are going to happen in this county in the days to come. Will you bow with me in prayer?
with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.